I'm fascinated with how the universe works. I always have been. Perhaps like many of you, I like to think of myself as a seeker of knowledge and yes, truth. So when I hear the story of Thomas, I see him as a seeker too. As someone who really wants to know, to really know his and our seeking, searching, yearning to really know begs the question of how any of us really knows anything. When we say, I believe, why do we believe what we believe? I, who've never seen the person of Jesus with my physical eyes, believe that he's alive and present to us. Is it just because I accept what others say? It's fair to say that there's a level of trusting what others tell us, especially if we deem them trustworthy. When we were young, most of us probably trusted what our parents or our teachers told us. I did. However, there comes a point when cognitive assent to what others say does not sustain us in mature faith. When it comes to how we know if something is true, at least as we study the external world, the process goes something like this. First, we follow an injunction. To know this, we do this. If we want to know if it's raining outside, we look out the window. If we want to know if a cell has a nucleus, we look through the microscope. If we want to know how many moons around Jupiter, we check it out through the telescope. Second, by following the injunction, we have an experience. We looked out the window, or through the telescope, or into the microscope. That's the data. And three, finally, confirmation. We check our experience, i.e. our data, with the community of the adequate. In other words, we check with others who've looked through the telescope, who looked through the microscope, or who looked out the window and, hey, if they don't see that it's raining too, maybe I'm hallucinating. However, if they see rain as well, whew, I can pretty much be sure that the truth is it's raining. You get the idea. Full disclosure, by the way, this pithy little three-step summary of the scientific method comes from Ken Wilbur. But back to Thomas. This is exactly what Thomas did. This is the process he used. One, the injunction. Jesus said, put your finger in my side. Two, the experience. He saw, he felt, he touched the wound of Christ. And three, his experience was confirmed. The other apostles experienced it too. Head seemed to be nodding in the room. On this topic, of deep knowing, of mature belief. I often think of the founder of my congregation, St. Madeline Sophie Barra. She wrote regularly about the interior life, or what she called interior spirit. Her own contemplative practice provided her with a kind of ongoing experiences which allowed her to know what it tasted like, what it felt like to be in union with, in communion with, in relationship with, touched by and touching the living Christ. So what about us? Well, the seeker's path 
is the seeker's path is the seeker's path, whether it's interior or exterior. So one, we too have been invited, invited to be still, to be courageously interiorly open so as to allow love, Christ, to touch our own wounds or to be courageously open enough to touch the wounds of those around us in Christ among us. Two, when we actually have the courage to follow that invitation, that injunction, really follow, really allow ourselves to be interiorly open, we too have an experience. I'm sure you can probably recall your own. Perhaps they were powerful, surprisingly tender, loving, connecting. Unfortunately, sometimes we don't even believe our own experiences. We rationalize them, we minimize them, we dismiss them. So, three, we too need to share our experiences with those who've also walked the path, a community of the adequate, spiritual mentor, director, a spiritual friend, to see if they're nodding their heads and saying, yes. And if they are, we, who have not seen with our eyes of flesh, can confidently believe. I'm not saying it's easy to take that first step. The difficult part is being open in the first place. It's easier to put up defenses, to protect ourselves. Many of us put up defenses most of the time. I often wonder if this is the biggest problem with our world. It can just be too hard to touch the wounds of humanity, of Christ among us or within us. But when we do, when we courageously allow ourselves to taste, to touch the wounds of Christ within us, among us, around us, we have life. And when we have life, we can, like the apostles in the first reading, give life. Let us be not afraid. <laughs>